Mike Wilbont, you are a Chicagoan. Coach K, also from Chicago. What might be difficult for somebody who doesn't understand Chicago so well to understand about Coach K's upbringing? Well, our passions are probably, um, you know, you can, be, you can group them together pretty reasonably. Um, I, I know I always felt I, I just comfortable around him. Our sensibilities, our points of reference about our hometown, we usually know exactly what our hometown Chicago is and isn't. And I'm very fortunate in that I'm in the Chicago Sports Hall of Fame, and I was inducted with Mike Krzyzewski. Um, so just a high, high, high honor um, to, to be at that sort of banquet uh, when we were both inducted. And uh, we're, we're, we're proud. You know, I was doing a – somebody said to me, maybe on Chicago radio, who's your Illinois and, and therefore Chicago? What's your Mount Rushmore of Chicago basketball? And a couple of those people are easy. Isaiah Thomas and Dwayne Wade, those are, you know, those are my, those are two guys who are automatically on it. Um, Chicago is a city that also uh, is called home by one George Mikan. Mm. So you could easily have, you know, Mikan, Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade. And for my fourth, I had Mike Krzyzewski. And I know that most people are thinking about players, but if I'm thinking about contribution over a lifetime for people who were you know, produced by Chicago, not stopped through. Michael Jordan doesn't qualify. Scottie Pippen doesn't qualify. Those guys made their livings there, but the people I'm talking about were produced by, nurtured by Chicago and all that that meant, the teams you rooted for, the players you idolized, all of that. And Mike is very, very, very much a Chicago in that way. A lot of people who are listening to your voice and listening to our conversation right now would agree with your assessment that Michael Jordan is not a Chicago guy. Michael Jordan. I'm sure. <laughs> well, he's yeah. a Chicago guy, but he's not a Chicago. Yeah. He's not a Chicagoan in the way that's defined. Uh, Mike Wilbaum with us here. You also know him in addition to PTI. He's co-hosting NBA Countdown on ESPN and ABC. So, one thing that's been strange to me this year, when you covered the ACC closely with the Post, there were all these great personalities. You had the folksy personality of Roy Williams after Dean Smith. There was Jim Valvano. And at that time, Lou Carnesecca, all these great personalities that you see. And to me, Coach K kind of ushered this new era of the CEO coach, the one that's emotionless, kind of like a robot that's just wanting to kill you, a, a heat-seeking miss missile, if you will. And um, it, that's what's made this year interesting to me, following it up close, how there's warmth and there's emotion attached to it when prior to this year you didn't see a lot of that. How strange has that been uh, for you to watch from afar, the warmth and the emotion of this that, farewell tour? That's, that's all of that. I've seen that forever. When you start talking about coaches and personality, I don't even – yes, Jim Belvano was obviously in there. Lefty Drizel, uh, obviously Coach Smith. I don't, I don't even – I think of Roy Williams as coaching Kansas. Now, obviously I was there for a lot of games. He's coaching North Carolina. But I, but I go back far enough to where – the places where those people made their names and their reputations. Um, and Mike, Mike, there was always a warmth. Now, maybe because I'm from Chicago and we had conversations and I was a young writer. I was in my early 20s when I covered the ACC. Um, and there was always that warmth. I mean, I got to see um, how he interacted with his team. So many of the players that he that played for him, they came from greater Washington, D.C., where I worked. 
Um, and there was the Tommy Amakers and the Johnny Dawkinses and the Grant Hills. And, and there, there's so many more. Mike mined that, that, that recruiting ground. And I saw, I know what the parents thought. I know some of what those home visits were like, and they were full of warmth. Um, and so Mike may exude a certain uh, personality on the bench. It doesn't mean that he's like that in his interpersonal relationships. And I'm fortunate. I got to see that. And so my perception of it is not just formed by what he's like on the bench. Um, it was like, you know, what he's like after the press conference, after the press conference. <laughs> uh, there were times I got to be part of those conversations and part of those audiences. And, and um, you know, any number of times on the road, I would run into Coach K and the team at dinner. And I'd have a chance to chat. I, I, it may say something about my restaurant judgment is pretty good when I'm, when I'm on the road during the tournament and I, you know, would see the entire Duke party um, at dinner and coach K would, we would have a chat. I've always, that warmth is not something that's new to me. It's not something that's foreign to me. Um, It's something that defined sort of his way, his interpersonal relationships with people and a great part of his success. I asked Billy Packer about this yesterday, Mike Wilbon from PTI and NBA countdown with us here on WSGS Sports, and and Billy struggled talking about different eras, but I'll put it to you, you had me thinking about it, talking about your all-Illinois list there, your Illinois, Illinois uh, Mount Rushmore. When talking about Kay's legacy in the context of college basketball, how far would you be willing to go before risking overstatement? All the way to, up, up to and not including John Wooden. I mean, there's a group of coaches. As a group, of course, including Dean Smith. And I'm not just based on number of wins and ACT titles and all those numeric things that are often junk. They're not junk with, with, with Mike. But all the way up to but not including John Wooden. John Wooden is in a space by himself. And then there's so many other coaches um, that occupy that next rung. And you can put Mike on a rung by himself if you want to. I would not argue against that based on just achievement. And based on the the people, the citizens he produced, the young men he produced, his impact on college basketball, on college sports, on households in America. My son is 13 years old. He's met Mike once. I brought him to a game at Cameron when he was about seven or eight years old. It could could have been six, but I think he was seven or eight. And he roots for Duke. Now, granted, his mother went to Duke and was a classmate of Jay Billis' in law school, but he, so he's got a natural connection, but he identifies with Duke and Mike Krzyzewski in that team. He's 13. He, well, he hasn't been there for any of it. And that's what, that's what legacy is. That, that's, that's what impact is about. Um, and so, again, John Wooden, with those, all those championships, and I'm sure there are, you know, people in different regions will say, wait a minute, how can you have him above, you know, I'd have him with anybody except Coach Wooden. And um, I don't know how many people are ever going to enter that, that category. You know, I covered John Thompson at Georgetown, you know, for years. Obviously, you know, Coach Thompson is going to be on that short list with Mike Krzyzewski to me. Uh, and, and a few, a handful of other people, but not many. Last thing for you, Mike Wilbon with us here. While researching the Chris Paul book and knowing your relationship you guys have, What's something you learned about Chris's story that you didn't know before, considering you're talking to the area that brought him up? Well, all kinds of things about Winston-Salem. We talked a lot about, again, 
where you're from has so much to do with who you are. And this book is about that. This book is not about, it's not a basketball book per se. Obviously basketball is, is thematic throughout it, but it's about his, about his grandfather and, uh, and, and, and family and growing up and becoming a man and leading and being responsible and accountable. It's about those, those themes are, you know, much, much, much more examined than, you know, screen and roll. Um, and so I learned a lot. I've learned a lot. I mean, Chris Paul is one of the, you know, Charles Barkley has been saying this for years. And people just think, you know, well, Charles is just saying this. No, he's not just saying it. That Chris Paul, he's, he has said that Chris Paul is the best leader in the game for like 10 years. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. And all you got to do is look at the confirmation of that when he went to, to Oklahoma City. Now you got people like James Harden whining their way out of two teams in two cities in 14 months. And I remember calling Chris. We had a Zoom meeting or something planned. You know, it's right, you know, during the pandemic. Maybe, maybe, yeah, probably just at the beginning. And Chris gets traded to Oklahoma City, who has no chance. They're, they're rebuilding. They're, you know, they're trying to build a culture and identify how to build a franchise again. And Chris gets traded there. And I said to Chris on the phone, when are you going to get out of Oklahoma City? You, you, you got to be able to leverage your way out of there. And this is his answer. No, 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 no. There, there, there's young guys here who want to play, who want to learn how to play. And we can, we can all, you know, benefit from this association with each other and build a team and we can do this here. <laughs> Somebody should play that over a loudspeaker for James Harden. <laughs> a great player, a great, great player. But as I, as I say about James Harden, I'm not sure he could lead kindergartners to a milk line. <laughs> Chris Paul leads. It is not because it's basketball. He'd be leading in whatever it is. He's going to lead in something else. He can get people to do difficult things they don't want to do. He can get people to do difficult things they probably think they cannot do. And so I feel one of the things I feel angry about sometimes is that David Stern, who you know, is one of the great commissioners in the history of sport, period, not just basketball, but sport, David Stern made a tactical and awful error, an egregious error in negating a trade that would have sent Chris Paul to the Lakers to play with Kobe Bryant. And we wouldn't be having these stupid discussions about, well, Chris doesn't have any rings. Because he probably had like four in a row if he was playing with Kobe. Can you imagine a backcourt, oh. Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant? Well, we shouldn't have had to imagine it. It was set to go. So that is not going to be a thing that I spend any time on about. If, and I hope Chris wins this year. Yeah. Uh, and again, next year. And I think there's time for him to do that. But I'm not going to be involved in that theme about Chris Paul didn't win. Because Chris Paul's a winner. And all you get, he goes to Phoenix where they haven't been in the playoffs in 10 years. So he goes to Oklahoma City where they're building a team which is now back in the bottom three in the league without him. And he goes to Phoenix where they had not been in the playoffs since Steve Nash left. And he, he, he puts him in the finals. And that's just the basketball part. I, you know, I've, I've learned a lot about um, intellect and, and, and the ability to be tough. I'm talking about intellectually tough. That's the part of Chris's game. You don't, you don't play at his level like he plays, the way he plays, without a great intelligence and understanding of the game and people. And so there's, there's, there's a lot of that. And um, I'm, I'm proud to know him. I'm, I'm proud to know him. I'm thankful for the friendship, uh, both professional and personal. I've known Chris since he was 17. And uh, he and his brother CJ and, and their parents, it's just remarkable, remarkable, remarkable family. And there's a lot of great families in Winston-Salem. I spent some time just researching who those families are and 
some people that are more famous than folks from Chicago and New York and L.A. and big cities might, might, might know. So, but Chris is, um, he's an extraordinary dude, and I root like hell for him. I'm, I make no bones. People say, who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for the Phoenix Suns. I'm rooting for Chris Paul. 